life isn't your average podcast. We record in-person interviews, we have real unscripted conversation, and there are no limits to the questions we will ask. And we learn the truths about what it takes to run a business from visionary entrepreneurs. My name is Kelsey Rydell, and I am the host of this weekly show. The intention behind our content is simple, and that is to help you live and lead your most visionary life. In each episode of the podcast, we chat about what it looks like to live an inspired life in our chosen career paths and entrepreneurial ventures, in our health, and in our daily routines. Each episode features conversations with people who are living life a little bit differently, from six-figure business owners who have created the company of their wildest dreams, to startup entrepreneurs who vulnerably share the highs and lows of turning their passion into a lifelong project. As you begin to listen to the episodes, you'll discover one obvious and common thread. And that's that we all have a little bit of visionary inside of us. However, for many of us, somewhere along the path, someone told us to hide it, to play small, to play safe. This show will help you break down those beliefs and inspire you to live life on your own terms, to take more risks, to actually follow your heart and set bigger goals, and to make tiny leaps each day that will lead you towards living your most visionary life. It's in you, it's in all of us, so let's dive in. This episode is brought to you by my brand new freebie that I created for you. So this one is for everyone who needs either a website makeover or perhaps you just need to get your website started and get it up and running. Whether you're a business owner or not, having a really awesome website is basically the new version of having a business card. It's a non-negotiable at this point. So I believe that everyone should have a homepage on the internet that showcases your talents, your skills and interests. And whether you're looking for a job or not, or starting a business or not, there's always a lot of benefit that can come from having your work online. If you need to craft your website, then you'll want to download my free website checklist that outlines everything you need to know to create a really great and effective website. Head to www.kelseyridle.com slash checklist and you can get that for free. Today on the podcast, I am chatting with Nicole Goncalves from Health Nut Nutrition. Nicole is the face behind one of the top leading healthy food and lifestyle YouTube channels in Canada called Health Nut Nutrition with a following of, get this, over 400,000 subscribers and over 26 million views. She's a passionate health nut who inspires her viewers to live an active, healthy, and balanced lifestyle by showcasing just how easy and delicious it can be. One of the things I love about Nicole is that she's so much more than a health nut and a YouTube maven, though. She's a smart business owner. She's a total visionary. She's a leader in the online marketing and YouTube world. She's inspiring and positive in the way she shares her heart and her business. And based on the amount of content she puts out, I know she is a very hard worker. Nicole was gracious enough to allow me to come hang out at her Health Nut HQ to record this in-person interview. After following her videos online for some time, I was thrilled to meet her in person and discover that she is just as bubbly and kind as you see her convey on her channel. In this episode, Nicole takes us back to the early days of her channel, when far fewer than 400,000 eyes were on her video. 
What motivates her to keep moving forward is something we chat about, how she made Health Nut Nutrition into a full-time job, her favorite tools as a busy entrepreneur, and we chat about what's next for the Health Nut community because it's so much more than a YouTube channel, like I mentioned. So let's not waste any more time. Allow me to introduce you to your Health Nut, Nicole. Today I'm here with the founder of Health Nut Nutrition, Nicole Gonsalves. Did yes. I say it right? You did. Congrats. Amazing. <laughs> so Nicole, you are a YouTube maven. So your content is creative, it's consistent, it's catchy, and you have a very magnetic personality that keeps your audience coming back for weekly episodes on your channel. Uh, you're absolutely one of the reasons I began watching more YouTube, and now it's one of my favorite ways to keep myself occupied while I chop veggies, while I snuggle my dog, and before I go to bed. So thank you for all you do. Ah, thanks for having me. That's so cool that I got you into YouTube. Yeah, I find it, it is my new TV, right? Like Mm -hmm. we still have cable, but at the same time, I never watch it. Like I just want that on-demand Netflix or YouTube style. Yeah, I'm the exact same. Um, Okay, so let's let the audience get to know you a little bit better. We'll dive right in with some rapid fire questions. So what's one food you couldn't live without? It used to be Thai food, which I still love, but lately it's been ramen. Ooh, okay. Mm-hmm. Even in the summer? Oh, yes. So good. All right. <laughs> See, I typically think of ramen as a winter food, but I I'm that better. obsessed. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, is there a self-care practice you've really been into lately? Uh, self-hypnosis. Oh, and so you don't go to see a practitioner for that? You do it on your own? I just actually finished, it was like a six-month program, and basically they teach you in a way that you can do it at home every day. So I do 30 minutes a day, which sounds like a crazy amount of time to sit down and meditate, but it's been a life-changing self-practice that I've done. And I feel like when I mention it to people, it's always like, oh, what is this thing, right? But yeah, so I've, I've done it with a, a hypnosis, uh, and I'm actually signing on for another uh, few sessions because it just kind of keeps Very me accountable cool. to doing it. Like now I'm just doing it once a month, but in the beginning it was weekly, and it's been the best self-practice I've ever done. Yeah, and could you actually describe a couple of the benefits you've received from it? Yes. Uh, so it's just been the one thing in my life that has like been able to turn off my brain and just like create almost almost like I'm hitting that reset button Mm -hmm. it's almost like you just melt into this relax relaxation state and the whole idea they say hypnosis is kind of like uh, meditation with a goal so Mm -hmm. mine a lot is to reduce anxiety travel more and not get stressed out about the little things and not feel overwhelmed and it has been like I've noticed differences and people around me have noticed differences so It has just been the one kind of tool I have that if I'm having a stressful day, it's allowed me to kind of handle like a high high stress, busy life more Mm -hmm. efficiently. Super cool. Yeah, I'll definitely need to look more into that. (laughs) We could do like a podcast all about that. Oh my gosh. I love talking about it. Yeah, no kidding. And all about, I'm sure, all your healthy rituals. (laughs) Um, It's funny because my next question for you is actually when you get stressed or overwhelmed with work, what do you do? So maybe besides self-hypnosis, what do you do when you get stressed and overwhelmed? Because the hypnosis is something I do daily. It's almost a proactive approach. So Mm -hmm. I don't, I'm not like stressed out and like, oh, I got to do the hypnosis. Although sometimes it will do twice in a day if it's a high stress day. But really just getting out in nature, that is, it's like, I don't know, you just get some kind of, re, once again, that reset, that mm-hmm. stepping away from it all in nature, and sometimes I'll just leave my phone at home, go for a walk, 
mm-hmm. go out on my balcony because now we have a nice balcony that yeah. I can see the sun. Yeah, <laughs> we're in your beautiful, bright home right now. I know. It's so nice here. <laughs> we're not facing a bunch of high-rise buildings. Yes, that so, was your previous life, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was old Nicole. This is a new one. So, uh, yes, you can probably breathe a little easier yes, being here. Yes, so nature is key. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. Okay, so let's take it back to the early days of your business, HealthNet Nutrition. So how did it all start? I feel like this answer changes every time I, I say it. But of course. I mean, it. I would say I've always kind of been into health and wellness. My mom kind of, re- I have three other siblings, and my mom kind of raised us all on, you know, at the time, what she thought was very healthy, you know, 1% milk, mm-hmm. uh, whole wheat bread, and we would always like kind of eat dinner together as a family, make homemade salad dressings, which I always was like an envy of my friends, like creamy cucumber dressing, you know, (laughs) craft dressing. So we were kind of, we had those values instilled into us at a young age. Then I would say, you know, as I started, I finished high school, I was managing um, like a denim retail store and I was just like not eating breakfast, drinking coffee till noon and just didn't have a healthy relationship with food and I had no self-care practice. I wasn't exercising or anything. It wasn't really until I left for college. I was living on my own. I met my boyfriend, Matt, uh, and he was like all into working out and being healthy and he did eat breakfast and he kind of, I would say he was a huge inspiration in that, but also too, when I was in school, I took a couple, I was in school for business marketing. I took a couple of nutrition courses on the side and I was just like, oh my God, I love everything about this. I got like A plus in all the classes. And then at the same time, I discovered people like Joy McCarthy and Megan Telpner who were working in the health field and turning their their passions into, they were more like in the media because I knew there was lots of nutritionists and stuff mm-hmm. out there, but they were making, they were turning that into a more online platform. And I loved that whole space. So I remember one day coming home from school, it sounds like coming home to school to talk to my parents, but it was Matt <laughs> and I said, I think I know what I want to do. I want to become a holistic nutritionist. And so that's kind of what sparked it. I finished my my uh, my degree, or not my degree, my uh, diploma in college, and I went on to doing marketing. And we moved to we planned a trip uh, to Australia for a year, which turned into two. So while we were living and working there, that's when I really kind of dove into the world of YouTube, and I was binge watching it like crazy. And I just thought I could do this, you know. Mm-hmm. So one day we started filming some random stuff on my phone. And we were also, I guess, travel vlogging at the time, but we didn't really know it was called that, but it was just for friends and family. We would post it on this website, which is still up, but it was just like a private one for friends and family to follow along. So it it was like, I guess we were vlogging way back then, but we started kind of posting videos on uh, my channel, Health Net Nutrition. Matt was doing the editing. I had no idea what I was doing. I could barely talk in front of the camera for two seconds without stumbling over my words. And then from there on, I just kind of kept going at it, being consistent, and it just, here I am, a full-time YouTuber. (laughs) So cool. I love that for you, it started as, you just loved watching YouTube. Like, it seems like you may have been consuming a lot of content while you were away, and I think uh, what's very notable about your story is that you did think at one point, I can do that too. Mm -hmm. And that's so important to think that we all have the same equal opportunity, right? Like there's no one who's trained to be a YouTube expert from the time they're born. Mm -hmm. It's just really about grabbing onto it and saying, I'm going to self-teach that. 
and then moving forward with your vision. Um, did you ever imagine that it could become a full-time business or in the early days, were you really just thinking it was kind of a fun side project? Where was your head at? I think even though when I started, YouTube was still obviously not as popular as it is now, but I saw people kind of already turning it into a more like, oh, I'm doing this kind of full time. Mm -hmm. I didn't really know how much money you could make and that wasn't at all a driver in the whole YouTube world, but it was definitely cool for me to think, hey, maybe, just maybe, this could be something I do full time. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what it was gonna look like, like so I had no idea what it, what type of income it would bring into my life, but the idea of that I can turn my passion into a career and have freedom with my time and my life was just so motivating. Uh, so I think I, I knew it could be that, mm -hmm. but I didn't know what it looked like and I didn't know how to get there yet. Yeah, and you were really gonna have to pave your own way, which is really cool. Um, so let's talk about that. So how many years were you posting for before it became a full-time career and were you being consistent with it? Did you have a plan all these years or were you just going with the flow? I mean, I always try to remember exactly how long I've been doing YouTube for because I feel like it doesn't really start until you've been doing it consistently. Mm -hmm. So I'd say in the last probably three, three to four years is what when I've been doing it more consistently. Probably five years in total I've been on YouTube. Uh, if I'm doing the math right, but I would say, yeah, the last two to three years is when I've really been taking it more seriously and, cons mm -hmm. and posting consistently and treating it more, not a hobby, but as a business, as a career. And that's when I noticed the biggest change because in the beginning I would post what I felt like when I wanted and it's fun to do that for a while, but you're not going to see as much growth unless, mm -hmm. you know, there's always like the exception to the rule. You have videos that go viral or you have a really niche topic that just explodes. Um, mm -hmm. But I will say that, uh, yeah, when I was doing, when I was posting consistently every single week, planning out my videos, kind of looking at trending topics, uh, looking at the comments, what my audience was asking for, uh, and also just to kind of finding my own groove with it all mm -hmm. and, and being more, once I, once I kind of got practice, my personality was showing more and more in videos and I would get that kind of feedback from my family. Mm -hmm. They'd be like, oh, like it seems more like you because they knew the real Nicole and in the beginning you're, you're shy and you're more timid and um, so yeah. Awesome. So one common thread that I really find throughout the podcast is that as entrepreneurs and business owners, it's so normal for your business to evolve after you listen to your audience. So um, did you feel like you had to respond to kind of what your audience wanted and you kind of evolved as they requested different things from you? Um, and what did that look like? Yeah, I think in the beginning, see, I feel like with any business, they say you need to have your business plan, you need to know your audience and your demographic and all that. And I was just not all about that. I was like, business plan, that sounds boring. I just want to jump into it. Totally. And with finding my, tar like my audience or target market, I didn't really know at the time and I think that's okay. I think your your audience can grow as you grow and mm -hmm. I would say now more than ever and it's been, you know, years now that I've been working on my channel is now I feel like I'm more connected with my audience and I could explain who they are and I'm still learning. I still wouldn't say I know it to a T, mm -hmm. uh, but I feel like it kind of your audience can sometimes mold itself and you'll be like, "Oh wow, maybe I was originally targeting a younger audience and now I have people who are older than me watching my channel and interacting with me. And I've also met a lot of my 
viewers in real life mm -hmm. and I'll ask them questions, what they do for a living, why they watch my channel, when they watch it. Uh, so I feel like it's just kind of molded itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's probably one thing that makes you such a great business owner is that you are curious like what your audience wants and who they are mm -hmm. and really neat that you're able to take that online connection and sometimes bring it offline. And I know you've hosted events and things yeah. at meetups. So I think that's one thing that's really unique about your business model. Um, while we're chatting about YouTube, let's maybe offer up a couple tips that you could give to someone who's thinking about starting a YouTube channel for their business. So I feel like these are ones that probably a lot of people have heard before, but it's because they're so important. Mm -hmm. And number one is to pick something you love so much you will never get sick of it. And you also want to pick something that you can broaden a little bit. For me, now when someone asks what my channel is about, I say healthy food and lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And that's because lifestyle for me can be, I just did a clean, like a cleaning video. It could be a morning routine. It could be a wedding what eight in a day video it can mean so many different things but it's all me so that's like the common theme I guess and uh, and obviously I do a lot of food and recipes and then the vlogs which is like the behind the scenes and I will people ask like do you ever run out of ideas no because mm -hmm. I'm doing what I love and I will it might change and evolve as time goes on you know if Matt and I eventually have a family I might start doing more mom content but it's mm -hmm. always going to be around a similar theme so just Pick, don't pick something because it's trending because uh, I always laugh. Man, I should have gotten into like video gaming or or uh, decorating cakes. You know? Totally. <laughs> but I would have loved that over time. Yeah. And then another huge tip is, which I touched on already, is uh, being consistent. If you're like, oh, I'll post when it's convenient for me, your audience isn't going to know when to come to your channel. It's like watching your favorite show on TV and being like, oh, but they said Thursday at three at 6 p.m. Mm -hmm. And there's no chance. Like, I want to see episode two. What's going on? And you lose interest and you find another channel that's more consistent. And, uh, yeah, and you know when to go, go and watch it. Because your time, like, my viewers' time is valuable, too. So if they're, they're like, oh, I'm going to take some time on you know Monday afternoon to sit down and watch health net nutrition and they're like mm -hmm. oh she's not even here you know so uh, I try to be respectful of that it obviously fluctuates sometimes of course and then the last thing would just be you know know what value you're bringing to your audience so for me I really think about how can I inspire my audience to li be happier live better be healthy create healthy habits so with every video, it doesn't matter what the topic, I hope to inspire. Mm -hmm. uh, and I really do feel like every video adds value to someone's life in some way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely want to hone in on that one nugget of you talking about consistency. That's already come up a couple times since we've been chatting. But it's so true. It almost brings me back to when I was in like grade school. And every Thursday night at 7 p.m., my family would congregate around the TV and watch American Idol or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it's because we knew it was going to be on this particular channel, same time each week, and we would devote that hour to consuming content. And I think as a society, we have evolved in the way we consume content, but we still want that consistency and we still want the community around it. And so for you, I love that you really um, show that being consistent is important because your viewers and your audience comes to expect that from you. So 
take it seriously. Treat yourself like you are like a primetime program. Yeah, you're a production studio, yeah. essentially, right? Because for some people, that may be the only, you know, 20 minutes or half an hour of content they have time to consume each week. Mm-hmm. And like you said, if it's Monday that you're releasing videos and they really put aside time for that, you want to make sure you show up and honor that too. So it's really great to hear that you're kind of in a reciprocal relationship with your audience. Um, so speaking of consistency, do you follow something like a content calendar or are you more of a, whatever inspires you in the moment you film a video for? So we will do a lot of pre-filming because I post quite a bit. I post, uh, two to three times a week on my channel. So I was posting three and then it got a little bit hectic. So now I say two to three. So we do recipe Mondays, wellness Wednesdays and vlog Fridays. Mm. And I like... I like the three because I feel like there's a lot of variety and I I think probably some people just come for the weekly vlogs uh, because I see the vlogs are its own beast because it it's very unique from the other days I post because it will be the same numbers some will be higher depending on like like SEO and stuff if, Mm -hmm. if the title was titled a certain way but it is always consistently the same number. So you know people are just kind of really following our lives and connecting with us on a deeper level than just coming for a recipe video. Mm-hmm. So we really feel like we have this separate vlog family on the channel, which is really cool. And we even have friends and family that are like, we watch every single vlog every week. Yeah. So I think um, having that those different series or segments each week really helps divide even your audience within a whole channel Mm -hmm. uh, to know what type of videos are going to be there each week. Yeah, and I think that's actually a really good point. You kind of said you have recipe Mondays, vlog Fridays. So when people are planning out a content calendar for the listener who's like, I don't know where to start, (laughs) just come up with a few buckets that really represent your brand. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe it is food in one bucket, fitness in another bucket, and like holistic lifestyle in another. And then just try and come up with a topic for something that falls within each of those. Then you know you're getting a variety, you're really representing your business and your core values. So I think it's great to hear that that's how you kind of segment your content calendar. This episode is brought to you by Teamy Blends. Teamy contacted me a few months back to become a show sponsor, and I'll be honest, I had my hesitations. I'm a coffee drinker that has only ever wished to become a tea drinker. However, as soon as I got a package of their tea, I was totally hooked. I love to brew mine and refrigerate it, and to have a nice cold iced tea without all the added sugar of a typical store-bought iced tea. It's so refreshing. I received the 30-day detox program from Teamy, which involves drinking one or two of their tea blends each day. Their kit comes with a mini calendar that outlines exactly what to drink, when to drink it, and how to consume it. As we transition into fall here in Canada, a detox can be so beneficial for your body in order to increase energy and rid your insides of toxic waste and reset your metabolism, improve your digestion, and just generally flush out your organs. This was something that we covered extensively in nutrition school, so I really believe in the benefits. The 30-day program is easy and everyone can do it. All you have to do is drink your teamy in the morning and drink the colon cleanse every other night. You'll feel so much better just by adding in this two-step program into your lifestyle. Head to www.teamyblends.com, T-E-A-M-I blends.com and use the code VisionaryLife at checkout for 25% off any order of $49.99 or more. How do you stay inspired each week so that you're constantly able to create new content? 
I mean, I think it's hard sometimes because I work from home. So a lot of times I'm like, hmm, what inspires me, you know, totally. if I don't get out. But yeah. I mean, I, I do try to get out usually. But uh, I, I like to go to different restaurants, try mm. different cuisines. I recently had Ethiopian food and it was yes. so good. I'm so obsessed. It was delicious. And it could be, no, I don't know. Ramen's still winning, but Ethiopian's really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say, yeah, get out, get outside your bubble. You know, if you're like, I only eat like pasta or Italian food, like try, try Thai, try Japanese, try other types of foods, uh, traveling, uh, you know, even just hanging out with friends and family, mm-hmm. going to events uh, and just meeting new people, I find I get inspiration just in my everyday life. You know, I, I sometimes will try to like flip through uh, food magazines or uh, see what's trending on YouTube, but I also try not to really watch like other food YouTube channels too much, unless like, there's a couple that like, you know, Laura Vitale, I love, but she also cooks very differently from my channel, so it's totally fine. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's important to get inspiration, but you also want to be careful where you get it from because you don't mm-hmm. want to like, be, not that you're copying, but sometimes it's like unintentional that you will get inspired into what someone else is doing and you'll compare a lot. Mm-hmm. So I try to look outside of the YouTube food food world and just like get ideas from everywhere. Yeah. I think that's really interesting because you're right. We can get caught in this like consumption hamster wheel where, yeah, you just consume so much content and then you think you're getting your inspiration from that. But oftentimes it's from something totally unrelated, right? Mm-hmm. Like the other day I was feeling a little bit stagnant in my own business and I was kind of at home for a few too many days in a row. And I was like, I need to try something new. So I just went boxing. I had never been boxing before. And it's amazing how trying something new, putting yourself out of your place, talking to a new circle of people who you've never met before can actually just invigorate you to come back to your desk and be like, aha, like I just have this clarity and it's almost like you just shake up your mind a little bit. So yeah, find that sounds what works so fun. You. I could totally see you doing boxing. Yeah. yeah, well, I found a studio near my place, and so I bought a month membership. So I'm on week four right now, and I just can't believe that um, something that I thought I would never be good at can become such an integral part of um, keeping me inspired. So yeah, it's that's been awesome. really cool. Switching it up. Yeah. So um, okay, last kind of question here while we're on the creativity and staying inspired train. Do you know what hour of the day you operate at your highest capacity and why might that be? I'd say I'm a morning person. Like I'm a morning person for, especially for work. I do sometimes like to stay up late, but not like I find it's really hard for me to be doing emails and stuff late at night. I just get tired and lazy. I'm like, no, I can't do this. Mm -hmm. So I would probably say between like nine and 11 or my peak time before noon is when I work at my office. Awesome. I think as business owners, and we have a lot of um, entrepreneurs who listen to the podcast, it is really important to know when you're most productive so that you block out those hours Mm -hmm. for creation mode and for getting work done. Because obviously it's easy for a friend to text you and be like, hey, you want to grab coffee? But if those are your core hours, I've gotten really good at being like, no, but I can do it in the afternoon. Do you know what I mean? And That's I a think great point. As I never soon as you zero in on that, like just writing out, like I am most productive between, for me, it's like 6 a.m. and 10 a.m. So I really try to like black out my schedule in those hours because I know that my best work comes from uh, that. I love period. that I said mine was two hours, 9 to 11. You're like 6 a.m. to... <laughs> 
I would, yeah. <laughs> but that's the benefit of being an entrepreneur is you choose your own hours no matter what they are. I'm a firm believer that I used to work uh, in corporate, as did many people, but uh, in eight hours in an office, I was not accomplishing eight hours of work. Oh, yeah. So then I transitioned into, you know, doing my own business full time. And I kept thinking I need to work eight or nine hours a day like I did in corporate. But what I didn't realize was that my day wasn't bogged down with meetings. It wasn't bogged down with social chats, you know, in your cubicles. It wasn't bogged down water with like, breaks. water breaks and phone meetings and everything that distracts you. And I was I started to think it's okay if I don't work eight hours a day, Monday to Friday, because when I do work, it's me and I'm getting shit done and I don't have the meetings yeah. to fill, you know, 10 it's to like 12 the hours a four week. hour work week. Yeah, you know? exactly. I No, I agree. Although there are days that I do work those many hours, it's just because I have more on my plate of than course. say my, my old office job. Uh, but I totally agree. I don't think that you need to work eight hours to be productive or mm-hmm. run a successful business. Yeah, it's definitely about finding what works for you. And, you know, there's also seasons of life. But um, so let's segue into a little bit more mm-hmm. on the entrepreneurial journey and what, um, you know, balance looks like for you. So, uh, well, let's not talk about the balance, actually. So <laughs> I'm going to edit that first okay. now. Um Okay, so let's keep talking about entrepreneurship. So have you ever hired a coach or a business mentor to help you stay accountable as a solopreneur? So I've never actually hired anyone. I just get free advice from my friends. I love that. <laughs> so, uh, And I don't think it necessarily needs to be a hired coach. There's so many, although I do, there's probably so much value in that. I've just never gone that route. But I will say that certain people in my life that have been huge inspirations and just like a great resource for me asking questions and guidance and all that have been my friend Davida from The Healthy Maven. She is such a business savvy lady and she's Mm -hmm. the one that really helped me kind of choose, kind of know my value, my worth when working with brands and not undervaluing your yourself or your price, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so th- she's been just a huge inspiration and still is. Uh, and then my now friend, Joy McCarthy from Joyous Health. It's so cool like that I'm able to kind of text her now. We're in that relationship now. Mm-hmm. Where at first I remember going to like a, uh, one of her workshops and I was like, oh my God, that's Joy. And I was kind of starstruck by her. And just because she was a huge inspiration for me in the beginning on kind of getting my business off the ground and knowing that I like she was an example of Mm -hmm. doing what I want to do. And obviously YouTube's not her main thing, but just kind of her whole business model as a whole. And uh, and she still is a huge resource for me. I've asked her so many times, like, what do you think of this? How do you do this? Do you have uh, advice about this particular topic? And. Her and Walker, her husband, mm-hmm. uh, have been great uh, tools and resources and just friends to connect mm-hmm. with in this space. So I would say they're my unofficial mentors and I probably owe them some invoices. <laughs> <laughs> no, I asked that question too because I find that the majority of people that come on this podcast, uh, they're just like you. They they do <clears throat> seek out mentorship just from you know people who inspire them and they maybe never hired a formal business coach, but they still are able to gather that same kind of coaching mm-hmm. um, and business mentor session kind of from their friends and their network, which is really great. Um, all right. So let's transition into chatting about health net nutrition and where it is today. Um, so is there a milestone that you've been extremely proud of in your business thus far? 
I'd have to say, well, th there's two that's popping up. The first one was when I hit 100,000 subscribers on my channel. I like remember exactly where I was. I was at work uh, and it went, it was crazy. I had a video that kind of went viral. It was a what I eat in a day at work. And it was so, like I filmed it at my work. It was very realistic and it got, yeah, it just kind of went viral and for my channel anyways. And I quickly jumped from like 80,000 to 100,000 subscribers and I want to say like a week, a week or two. I don't, it was very quick. And I remember hitting, we were watching like the live counter on our screens. It was like in the row I was in at work. We all had this, I mean, we were obviously working very hard. We all yeah. had the screens up and it was so, everyone was so supportive of my channel, even when I was working in my uh, corporate marketing job. And we were just doing the countdown. It was like New Year's. So it was like, so oh, three, two. And then everyone took screenshots. And it was just like this milestone moment for me. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is so cool. That was the number for me that I really want to hit. And it was a really important one for me. And then, uh, and it was nice to celebrate it with everyone. So that yeah. was really cool and special. And then the next one would have to be going full time with my with my job. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. How did you know when to take the transition from you worked a full-time job and you did health net on the side as mm. another basic full, basically full-time job? How did you know when to take health net full-time? Yeah, I feel like that is the hardest thing because when I went full-time, I actually wanted to go full-time a year before that. It was Matt and I were talking a lot about it mm -hmm. and we just it's hard to be like, I'm going to leave this stable, full-time salary career job that mm -hmm. anyone would be so grateful to have. I got to work from home. It was so flexible. I loved it. And the people I worked with were amazing. And so I would say that I knew I wanted to go full-time a year before, but it was just making that hard decision. Mm -hmm. And eventually I just felt like I'm working two full-time jobs. It was no longer like, okay, HealthNet was the side hustle. It mm -hmm. was a full-time job. It was getting too out of hand and I knew how to give up one and it was kind of a blessing in disguise. My contract actually came to an end with the job I was at and it was almost like a bittersweet thing mm. because I was like, this is what I need. I could have quickly jumped into another role within the company or I had an opportunity to go to another company within the same field and I just thought, you know what, this is my chance. This is this is the time to just do it and go full-time and Matt works a full-time job so that mm -hmm. that makes it easier too because it's hard when you're just by yourself making that leap mm -hmm. and the first like I'd say the first a quarter of being full-time it was scary it was kind of a slow season which sucked because it was like mm -hmm. the first few months I was full-time it was slow and I was like oh my god I'm gonna have to go back to work like and then it's like oh I failed because people mm -hmm. are gonna be like, but you're you're doing the leap and now you're going back to work uh, and I'm so happy I stuck with it because like looking back that was actually my best year yet and looking back I'm thinking oh my god this is the best decision I ever did going full-time yeah so it was risky and scary but it I never looked back and thought it was like oh what if I stayed you know mm -hmm. It's funny, I kind of have a similar story, like I was let go from my job and that is exactly what pushed me into entrepreneurship because it's true, when you have that stability, it is really hard to 
be confident enough to make the leap. So sometimes things like job restructuring and that can be a blessing because it pushes sure. you on your way and it gives you that, okay, maybe now is the right time. And it's just the, the little tap on your back that you need. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a tool, a tip, a resource that helps you to run your business smoothly? Well, I like to pretend, I think a lot of people think I'm an A-type personality because I run a business and I'm an entrepreneur. Uh, but I like to say I'm a wannabe A-type or as a friend said, B+. Plus. So <laughs> I've never heard that. I know. I was like, I love that. I'm going to use it. So <laughs> I like to, uh, actually, basically when I started using the Google Calendar, uh, and, yeah, so Google, the Gmail Calendar, yeah. and uh, I use that. That's like my my life in there. So I share it with my sister, who is a full-time editor for us, I share it with Matt. It, I can see it on my phone. It's mm-hmm. not this... I love, you know, paper, pen to paper. That's great. But for calendars, it just keeps me organized. I used to always over-schedule things or just mm-hmm. mix dates up. But now I'm like, oh, let me check my calendar. And yeah. that's been huge. Another thing has been... Uh, it's like a project management um, program. It's called Slack. Oh yeah, and uh, and it's really great for communicating with my team, and uh, and that just kind of helps. You can kind of just um, sort things out by topic, mm-hmm. so that helps to keep conversations organized instead of just texting or emailing every little thing. I, your email box is going to fill up. So, yeah. and I started using Asana uh, for another project we're working on, but I really like Slack. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I think I just started using <laughs> Slack as well, and it's nice to. Take the conversations, you're right, off of text message, which generally should be a bit more personal and, you know, leaving that for maybe non-work related things. So Slack is a great tool and I'll link that in the show notes. Um, Do you have a two or a five or a 10 year plan for health net nutrition or are you kind of just in an enjoyment phase at this moment? I mean, I'm not a planner. Luckily, I have my best friend and Matt, they're major planners, so they (laughs) they help me in that aspect. But I mean, in the near future, I would love to work on uh, something like a cookbook. I've been asked by so many of my audiences, mm-hmm. my audience, like, when are you writing a book? When are you writing a book? So that would be so cool to actually get my recipes in print, in bookshelves. Uh, we are also working on, it's already, we did like a soft launch and we're still working on building inventory, but we have a, an online wellness shop that we started. It's awesome. healthnetshop.com is the URL and we sell basically like wellness items, eco-friendly products. Uh, we're still kind of growing. We're working on a skincare line that I'm currently testing. Very cool. And uh, so that's kind of a, a fun project that we're working on. And I think long-term, we really just want to diversify and not just, although YouTube's amazing, we want to just look outside of YouTube. So like mm-hmm. the online shop, possibly some products like a book. And I would love to do retreats or workshops and just kind of do more face-to-face stuff mm-hmm. with uh, my audience. So yeah, I mean, if you asked Matt, he would probably give you like a 10-page uh, answer for that. But that's, yeah. I guess, off the top of my head, some exciting things that I would like to work on. So many exciting things. And we didn't even talk about Matt. So obviously, he's a huge part of your business, right? Yeah, he's, he's pretty cool. awesome. And Aww. he's been a huge support system and yeah. my number one cheerleader, as I like to say. And mm. he's known as Mr. Matt on the World Wide Web. So out of the two of you, this is an off-script <clears throat> question, but who's the bigger visionary? Would you say it's him when, when approaching your business or is it you? Oh, that's a hard one because I think I have a lot of ideas, mm-hmm. uh, but Matt is more like analytical and logical thinking. Yeah. So he his ideas are more, uh, like I said, more analytical side. Like, 
with the shop. He's like, ooh, we, we should have these goals for revenue. Uh, with the channel, he's like, let's look at the analytics and really mm-hmm. see, like, track our growth and all that, where I'm like, I want to do this. I want to do that. So I think I'm more the ideas person. Um, yeah. He kind of helps facilitate, like, actually see if that can be a mm-hmm. realistic idea. And it's really cool that you bring that up. We've actually had about three or four uh, past guests on the podcast, whether they did the interview with their partner or it was just uh, the female portion of the partnership, but it was with business owners who were in business with their significant other. And always the common theme is that you each have your own skills and Mm -hmm. they tend to complement each other. And that's how the business really is elevated. And um, I think that's super fun that you're able to include him in your venture. Well, it's funny too, because we are so, like obviously Health Net Nutrition initially started with me, but now I really like to say it's both of our businesses. Mm -hmm. Like he has so much, um, such a huge part in it now. But I know like it's always a struggle because he would would run a business very differently than me, Mm -hmm. but he also respects that it is kind of my baby. And uh, and as much as he will provide advice and feedback for things, Mm-hmm. It's just that funny line of like, okay, well, this is how I run as a business. And uh, and he's just making sure we're keeping on track of like the bookkeeping. <laughs> and stuff. He's like, okay, you yeah. run with your crazy ideas because it seems to be working and yeah. I'll just make sure that we don't go bankrupt. So, uh, That's so it's funny. a good balance of the two. Yeah. He pulls you back down when yeah. you're like floating on a high. When I'm, yeah, in self-hypnosis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, All right, let's go to the final question that I asked to all guests. But for someone who's listening, who's really yearning to start up a side hustle or a passion project or an online business or even a full-time venture, but they don't know where to begin, what advice would you offer them based on your own experience? I guess like from what I said before when I was in school and looking at other people who were doing something that I was like, oh, like, like you can, you can do it. Um, You can turn your passion into a career. I would say find people who are already doing what you want to do, you know, reach out to them, follow Mm -hmm. them on social media and ask them questions. More than likely they will like, yeah, someone like me gets a lot of emails and stuff and sometimes a struggle to get back to everyone. But, you know, I tried to do my best and, you know, and most people can get a hold of me in one way or another. Mm -hmm. So I would say kind of look at what they're doing, get inspired, but also find your own way and then just start. I know so many people that either are a singer or a writer or they want to start a YouTube channel and they're like building all this content on the side, but they're not publishing any of it because mm-hmm. it's not ready. But by the time it's ready, well, that's outdated. I've had videos that I've filmed way too in advance. And by the time I'm ready to put it up, I'm like, oh, well, I've already improved my style yep. and it's outdated now. And I don't actually want to put that's happened with for sure three videos yeah. that I didn't end up putting on because I waited too long. So there's mm-hmm. an expiration date with content. So don't. Yeah. And I know everyone says just start, but like, honestly, just start, even if it's like not the best, mm-hmm. just do it because something is better than nothing. So true. And I really love what you said about find people doing what you're doing and get to know them, get in touch with them because that is how we, you know, sense that possibility, right? Because we are all the same. Like I mentioned in the beginning, we all have the same opportunity. Mm -hmm. So surround yourself with people who really light you up, who, you know, make you want to achieve more in your life and guaranteed that will just encourage you to take that first leap towards building. Yeah. Cause I didn't have any advantage over anyone else when I started my YouTube Mm -hmm. channel. So it's really, it's great to see an example of someone already doing it because mm-hmm. it gives you, uh, 
you know, that idea of like, oh, I can do it too. Yeah. And I think that with my podcast journey, I think I spent like seven years really listening to podcasts and finding people who were doing it. And truly what got me to start the podcast was I had like five or six things on the list that I was like, I could do this better than everyone else. Like this would be my unique advantage. Mm -hmm. And one of those things was doing in-person recordings versus Skype or phone. And I thought, okay, if I think that I can do this and, you know, make improvements to the content I'm hearing, why am I not just doing it? You know? So Mm -hmm. anyways, I think, uh, your journey is very inspiring and I'm so grateful for you, uh, sharing it all with us. So where can people find you if they want to learn more about health net nutrition? So you can find me on my YouTube channel, which is just youtube.com slash healthnutrition. On social media, I'm at yourhealthnet, you are healthnet. And then of course you should check out our new wellness shop, yes. healthnetshop.com. And we just started our own uh, Instagram account. We only have like 400 followers, but okay, so follow go follow there. the yeah, shop. It's at, it's at healthnetshop for Instagram. Amazing. And do you ship just within Canada? Are you worldwide? I believe it's worldwide. Okay. I think obviously shipping will be a little bit more if you're uh, really far, but we've yeah. had an order from uh, Germany already. Cool. And so we've already had a few international orders. So, and always just contact us if you can't see, if it doesn't show up for you or you're worried about shipping, just contact Mm -hmm. us and we can always figure something out. Amazing. Well, all the links to what you just mentioned will be in the show notes. And thanks again for sharing your story on the show. Thank you so much for having me. This is so much fun. Thanks for listening to this episode of Visionary Life. What did you think? Did you learn something new, get inspired, or maybe you're ready to take some action on a new project? I hope so. My intention is to build community and conversation around the topics of building a visionary career path, entrepreneurship, and living the life you truly love. I'd love for you to join the Visionary Life Insiders community. Just search Visionary Life on Facebook. We talk about our favorite books and podcasts, things that make our lives easier, and the tough times and challenges faced as an entrepreneur, as well as all things visionary. You can also find me on Instagram, at Kelsey Rydell. Please rate and review this podcast on iTunes. I send a gift and a little visionary love note to everyone who leaves a rating and review. Just snap a screenshot and send it to me with your shipping address. If you're interested in working together or collaborating, just head to kelseyridle.com. Until next Sunday, have a visionary day.